please take your Bibles and turn this time to uh, the book of Isaiah. We're in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Our Advent series is called Name Above All Names, and we are, we've been looking at these four names of Jesus as prophesied and revealed by the prophet Isaiah here in verse 6. And uh, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, so today we come to the fourth name, which is Prince of Peace. So we're in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the word of God. Dear Lord, as we look into your word now, I pray that you would not only teach us what it means that Jesus is Prince of Peace. But Lord, we ask that you would minister your peace to us. Holy Spirit, come and minister peace and comfort to each heart here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Shalom. Thank you. Shalom, my friends. Shalom. I think shalom is one of the most beautiful words uh, in the Hebrew language, or or really any language for that matter. And I I was first introduced to the world, uh, to the word, uh, when I was just a child in school and uh, in our music class, they were teaching us that Israeli folk song. Maybe you've heard it, you know, uh, Shalom Shavarim. Have you you ever heard that one? Shalom Shavarim, Shalom Shavarim, Shalom. Shalom, you can help me here. We'll meet again, we'll meet again. Shalom, shalom. Well, if you knew it, you didn't help me, but you know, and now you know it, right? Shalom, shavarim. And you know, I, I didn't even know what we were singing as a kid. I didn't know the meaning of the words, but even then I felt that there was a certain power and beauty in those words. And shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, for peace, but it means so much more than that. Shalom uh, means not merely an absence of conflict, but it means personal well-being, wholeness, completeness, rest. The person who has shalom is at perfect peace in every aspect of his or her being. And so when you greet someone like that, when you greet someone with the word shalom, you are expressing the very deepest wishes for God's blessing upon their life. Now Isaiah gave this prophecy of this name at a time when the people of Judah were far from peace. The northern kingdom of Israel had joined forces with the nation of Syria. Together they were preparing to march on Jerusalem. The Assyrian Empire was on the rise, and so the people of Judah were surrounded by conflict and war on every side. And in the midst of all this conflict, Isaiah prophesies the birth of a child who will be called Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Now, we hear that word prince today, and uh, what we usually think of is, you know, the little guy, right? You know, the junior king. You know, yeah, maybe someday this guy will grow up to be a king, but you're just a, a prince for right now, right? 
But in the Hebrew, this word simply means ruler. Okay, ruler. Whether you're a prince or king or anything, you're just a ruler. And so Isaiah is saying, this baby who will be born will be a ruler who brings peace and shalom wherever he reigns. And so in this series, we've been going through each of these uh, four names of, uh, of Jesus, and we're seeing how Jesus fulfills each of these names. These names are prophetic of who Christ would be. And so today we want to ask, well, how did Jesus show himself to be the Prince of Peace? How did Jesus show himself to be the Prince of Peace when he was born into our world? And so this morning we're going to look at four ways from the scriptures that Jesus brings us peace. Four ways that Jesus brings peace. There's an outline in your worship guide. If you'd like to take that out to to follow along or jot down some notes, you'll find all four of them there. Uh, But here they are in advance. Number one, Jesus brings spiritual peace between you and God. Spiritual peace. Number two, Jesus brings you personal peace through relationship with God. Number three, Jesus brings relational peace between you and others. And number four, Jesus brings world peace when he comes to rule forever. So let's take a look at each of these in turn. First of all, Jesus brings spiritual peace between you and God. Now, some people struggle with this one because as far as they're concerned, they're already at peace with God, right? And they think, you know, I'm a good person. God's on my side. Why do I need someone to bring peace between me and God? I think of Henry David Thoreau, the writer. When Thoreau was on his deathbed, his his aunt asked him, she said, Henry, have, have you made your peace with God? And Thoreau responded, why, auntie, I was not aware that we had ever quarreled. And, you know, it's a clever response, which is why it's remembered. But it lacks the spiritual and scriptural understanding of how sin in our lives affects our relationship with God. You see, the Bible tells us that we are separated from God because of our sin. We read in Isaiah 59, 2, your iniquities, that's a big fancy word for sin, okay? Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Yeah, it would be nice if we were all at peace with God, but sadly, it's just not true. God is a holy God who must judge and punish sin. We are sinful people who have broken God's laws. So yes, unfortunately, uh, I I wish we could have been there to share with, with Henry David Thoreau. Unfortunately, yeah, we do have a quarrel with God. We are not at peace with God because we are separated from God because of our sin. So how then does Jesus bring spiritual peace between you and God. And the Bible tells us that we are reconciled to God through Jesus' death on the cross when we put our faith and trust in him. Romans 5.1 puts it this way, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus died on the cross to, to pay the punishment for our sins. And so when we put our faith or our trust in him, Jesus takes care of our sin problem for us. We are justified. That means we are counted righteous in God's sight by faith. And so that's the first way that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. First way he fulfills the prophecy of this name, he brings spiritual peace between you and God. Secondly, Jesus brings you personal peace through relationship with God. Personal peace. Most people today do not enjoy personal peace on a daily basis. Sadly, even many Christians don't seem to live in peace. I get it. It's so easy to get distracted by the various tensions and and stresses of life. But Jesus offers a remarkable peace to each and every one of us through our relationship with God through him. First of all, he gives you his own peace through the Holy Spirit. He gives you his own peace through the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, uh, the 14th chapter, uh, Jesus talks a lot in that chapter about sending the Holy Spirit. And and then when you get to verse 27, and in connection with the, the Spirit, Jesus says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. This is a promise from Jesus that you can claim for yourself during the hard times. And the peace Jesus gives you, he doesn't give you some second-hand peace. No, he gives you his own peace. His own peace. It's a peace unlike anything that this world has to offer. And he gives you this peace, how? Through his Holy Spirit, whom he sent to live within you and be with you forever. Secondly, Jesus gives you the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, here's your part, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, this is the greatest trade in the world, right? Through prayer, Jesus takes your worries and instead he gives you his peace. Who doesn't want that trade, right? Notice that Jesus not only gives you peace with God, that was the first part, right? Spiritual peace with God, your justification. He not only gives you peace with God, he also gives you the peace of God. The peace of God, that supernatural peace that passes all understanding when you simply bring your requests to God in prayer. And so Jesus gives you his own peace through the Holy Spirit. He gives you the peace of God, a peace that passes all understanding. And then thirdly, he will keep you in perfect peace as you keep trusting in him. He will keep you in perfect peace as you keep trusting in him. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. God is in control. 
And when you learn to trust him completely, okay, with all the details of your life, he will keep you in perfect peace at all times. So as the Prince of Peace, Jesus brings spiritual peace between you and God. He, he brings personal peace through your, your new relationship with God. And now thirdly, Jesus brings relational peace between you and others. Relational peace. You know, human beings have experienced relational conflict uh, ever since we first fell into sin. Go right back to the garden. What do you find? Adam's blaming Eve for giving him the fruit. She did it. She gave me the fruit. Their kids don't do any better. Cain was jealous of his brother Abel, murdered him in the field, and then just on and on it goes. So many of the sorrows we experience in life are the result of the conflicts we experience with each other. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when you submit yourself to his rule, when you submit to him, he brings relational peace between you and others. You might wonder, well, how does he do that? Well, first of all, he breaks down all of the human barriers. He breaks down all human barriers. Galatians 3.28 says... There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And you know, we human beings, we're experts, right, at, at building these walls between various groups. So much damage has been done through racism, class warfare, sexism, whatever other barriers we throw up between different groups of human beings. And Jesus comes and he just smashes those barriers to pieces because in him we are all one. Ephesians 4.3 puts it this way, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so you see there are no barriers between true believers because we are all one in Christ and we all share the same Holy Spirit Jesus brings relational peace, first of all, by just breaking down those human barriers that we are always throwing up. Secondly, he tells you to forgive others as you have been forgiven. When Peter asked Jesus in Matthew 18, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Peter probably thought he was being generous there, right? (laughs) Jesus answered, Peter, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You can also interpret that seven times 70 times, 490, unlimited. And then Jesus told him a parable about a servant. A servant who owed this huge debt to the king. And at first, the the king was going to have the servant and his family and all of his possessions sold simply to repay that debt, but then instead the king decided to have mercy on him. And he canceled the debt, the whole thing. He said, you're free, you can go. Can you just imagine the relief, the freedom that you would feel if you were under this huge debt and you and your family were going to be sold into slavery and then then the king just says, you're free. Whole thing, I'm going to write the whole thing off. You don't owe anything. 
But then this servant goes out and he finds a fellow servant who owed him a much smaller amount. And when that man couldn't pay, the first servant had his fellow servant thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And who boy, when the king, <laughs> when the king heard what the unmerciful servant had done, he had him thrown into prison until he paid back all that he owed. And the point of the parable is clear. If God has forgiven you all of your sins, that is a huge debt that you owed God, a huge debt. If God has forgiven you all of your sins, how can you possibly hold someone else's sins against them? The answer is you can't. And so Jesus tells you to forgive others even as you have been forgiven yourself. And then thirdly, as we're talking about relational peace, Jesus calls you to live in peace with everyone. So that word everyone means everyone, okay? Everyone on your list. You go, well, I've got a most people, and I've got a couple. No, everyone, okay? Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, okay, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If there's any block between you and someone else, make sure it is not due to anything on your part, that you've done all that you can. Living at peace with others even takes priority in our worship. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24, says, if you are offering your gift at the altar, in other words, you're coming to worship God, and there remember that your brother has something against you. He says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. So we are going to do what Jesus said, and we're going to pause for a moment. Stop and take stock of your life. Is there someone with whom you are not at peace today? Perhaps a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, Are you doing and have you done all that you can to mend the relationship? In other words, have you apologized where you needed to apologize? Have you forgiven where you needed to forgive? Have you made things right where you needed to make things right? See, any time there is relational conflict between you and another person, it's always because either one or both of you are not submitting to the rule of the Prince of Peace. You are not submitting to Christ. You are not putting him first in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always going to agree on everything, right? We're all individuals. We're going to see things differently. But we can disagree about many things and still live in peace with each other as long as we put Christ first. 
So is Prince of Peace. Jesus brings spiritual peace between you and God. He brings uh, uh, personal peace into your life through your relationship with God. He brings relational peace between you and others. And then finally, Jesus brings world peace when he comes to rule forever. And the Bible tells us when Jesus returns, he will eliminate war between the nations. This is one of the biggest obstacles to peace in our world, isn't it? There's constant wars that go on between the nations. And it seems as soon as one war stops, another starts someplace else. And often you've got several going on all at the same time. War destroys lives. It stirs up hatred. It rips families apart. It causes untold suffering. But when Christ returns, the Bible tells us that he will eliminate war between the nations. We've been in Isaiah chapter 9 these past four weeks. Isaiah chapter 2 paints a particularly beautiful portrait of this time when Christ returns. Let me read to you from uh, chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. War is a temporary evil of this present age, but when Christ returns, as the old song puts it, we ain't gonna study war no more, right? Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will eliminate war between the nations. And then once the war is eliminated, he will rule in righteousness forever. You know, we've been studying verse 6, Isaiah 9, verse 6, right, for the last four weeks. You ever wondered what the next verse says? We we just keep stopping at verse 6. Let's jump ahead. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 goes on to say this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So what do we find in verse 7? The prince of peace will reign on David's throne and rule in righteousness forever and ever. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What glory we look forward to. 
know, we've looked at four ways this morning from Scripture that Jesus fulfills this fourth name, Prince of Peace, right? But I want you also to see that there's a progression here. That there's a progression between uh, the various aspects of this name, Prince of Peace. Notice that spiritual peace comes first, then personal peace, then relational peace, and finally one day when Christ returns, then world peace. And you can see this even more clearly when, when you trace it backwards, okay? okay? Before you can have world peace between the nations, right? First, you, we need to have relational peace with each other. And before you can have relational peace with each other, we must first know the personal peace that comes from a relationship with God. And before we can know personal peace in our lives through relationship with God, we must first come to spiritual peace with God through faith in Christ who died for us. And so spiritual peace comes first. Out of that grows personal peace. Then we come to relational peace. And when Christ returns, world peace. This is the peace of which the angels sang when Christ was born at Bethlehem. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace. Let me close with a story this morning. It's a true story. An amazing event took place one Christmas during World War II. The year was uh, 1944, December a group of American soldiers were dug in. They were fighting a fierce battle with the German soldiers. It had been three straight weeks of fighting. They were in an area just south of the Battle of the Bulge. They all belonged to the 95th Division. They'd been assigned to the 3rd Army under General Patton. For three weeks they'd been fighting, but late afternoon on Christmas Eve of that year, the, the shooting just suddenly ceased. The Germans weren't firing anymore. The, the American soldiers weren't quite sure what to make of it. You know, it's kind of suspicious at first. They, they, is it a sneak attack? Are they doing an end run? But then the German soldiers suddenly lit up a giant Christmas tree on a nearby hill. And they began singing Silent Night in German and, and then other familiar Christmas carols. So the Americans, they quickly kind of rigged up their own Christmas trees, whatever they had around, and they joined in the singing. And all that evening and all the next day, the Germans and the Americans observed a brief ceasefire in celebration of Christmas. Let me read to you from the story. Most of the day they rested and shared stories of their homes and families. They spent some of their time repairing gloves and socks and other personal equipment necessary for the weather. For part of the day, some of the men celebrated by reading from their thin, brownish Gideon copy of the Psalms and the four Gospels, which they carried with them. At exactly midnight, as Christmas came to a close, the tree lights went off, and the guns again began to roar. For that one Christmas day, 
the German and American soldiers experienced a brief interlude of peace in the midst of a long and dreary war as they celebrated the birth of Christ. Now that peace was temporary, okay? The guns started up again. But it's still a beautiful preview of the permanent and everlasting peace that will be ours when Jesus returns. So come, Lord Jesus. Bring us your shalom, we pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Come and bring us peace. O Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the beauty of all four of these names. But this morning, we thank you for the beauty of your name, Prince of Peace, Ruler of Peace, the one who brings peace to all aspects of our lives, the one who will bring peace over this entire world. Lord, how we long for your coming. So we give you our thanks, we give you our praise. And we submit ourselves to you, the ruling one, the Prince of Peace. Work your peace in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.